Hello and a big warm welcome to you and welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. My name is Marion Rose, PhD, and today I am really so delighted to have on the podcast with me the wonderful Kim and Erin, who are both registered nurses who specialize in perinatal mental health. So welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to have you on here and just so mm, moved hearing about the work that you do over time. And so obviously you're both training to be aware parenting instructors. So we're going to have aware parenting and also sleep weaving through the conversation. But first of all, I'd love if you'd be willing to, to share for the listeners, what is it that you do? Where do you work? Would you like to share more about that with us? Hi, I'm Erin. Kim and I both work on a perinatal mental health unit where we nurture mums who are going through a challenging transition to parenthood. So we look after mums from pregnancy through the first year of their baby's life. We see our job there as to hold space for the mums and all of their emotions so that they can just stop and catch their breath. All the everyday stresses are taken away and we just allow mums to focus on themselves and what it is that they need, which is something that doesn't really come naturally to most We find probably most often that once a mum's needs are met, then she can find the space to be with her baby and embrace all of the glorious imperfection that comes with motherhood. Mm. Thank you. And I feel so touched imagining all those mothers really receiving that beautiful support from both of you and knowing you a little bit, both of you, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can imagine how nourishing that is and how supportive and just to give them that space to, to really drop and be with themselves and be with their babies so I wonder as well if you'd be willing to share so what's been your journey so far with aware parenting would you like to share about that yeah so I'm Kim I'm a mum of two I've got a six-year-old and a two-year-old and I came into aware parenting through a recommendation of a podcast listening to yourself and Lael and there was a language that you spoke that just resonated so much with me. I had just completed my training to become a circle of security facilitator and I found the um, course just fantastic but also with listening to the aware parenting podcast it just put this really deep understanding of what it's meant to be to be with your child through all of their emotions and the circle of security training was fantastic but I felt like there was just parts of it that needed a little bit more of a deeper connection to like what it actually looked like to be with your child through all of their emotions and the aware parenting just really put that into practice like a language that I was able to put into practice so yeah that was what I started practicing with my children and it was amazing to see the shift within them and myself to be able to witness all of their emotions but also allow all of my emotions to be with them too and this connection was just yeah it was incredible so obviously after having all of that experience I couldn't stop talking about it so it naturally flowed into working on the unit and just talking to the mums about and also teaching a circle of security which is a parenting program that is therapy I guess in itself it allows parents to um, understand what their child is asking of them and how to be with them through their emotions and I guess the purpose of the course is to develop a secure attachment but it was yeah the language I think with aware parenting just really brought that sense of reality to it yeah and I think Erin for yourself the aware parenting came very much through lockdown for you wasn't it yeah we were in the trenches (laughs) in the trenches of lockdown in Melbourne back at the beginning of COVID I have two boys my youngest at the time was maybe just nearly three and then my eldest five I think they're now five and eight and Kim and I started talking about aware parenting and this podcast and so much of it just there were so many moments of yes 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 yes, this language adds so much depth to many things that we already talk about and work with and support mums through on the unit Mm. but I think one of the biggest key pieces for me was the piece around self-compassion and Mm. really the guilt um, stick. Yeah, <laughs> really being able to accept that we can't hold it all, all of the time and, and just doing enough and being compassionate to ourselves through this epic process of parenting mm. is actually where it's at. Yeah. 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 Oh, 
feel so touched sharing that. Wow, so, so yummy. And yeah, so do you want to share more about bringing that into your work? And I know you've got some beautiful stories and obviously you're not sharing anything in particular mothers, but in general, the kinds of things that you've seen happen for mothers in relation to being with their babies and also with sleep, with aware parenting. Yeah, so I think probably, again, from my personal experience with aware parenting with my who's my two-year-old now, he was probably 17 months at the time. We were doing a dance, co-sleeping, trying to put him in the cot, and he was just waking in incredible much throughout the night. It was really draining, and I felt so sleep-deprived. And I was so being very vulnerable at the moment, but I felt like, you know, I work in the you know unit helping mums and supporting them through their sleep. Why am I struggling so much? Why can I not do this for my own child, which support mums in the unit doing and I even started looking into oh my gosh does he have food intolerances because he was like um, my husband and I deemed him doing the crocodile death roll at night like he would just <laughs> roll and roll and roll you know we were slapped in the face it was like he was trying to lie on top of us in the night it was just was not working and then I just one day I think I must have listened to a podcast on sleep and I thought I need to go deeper so I did your beautiful sleep course and it was just game changing. It allowed me to go to a deeper level within myself. I thought I was fantastic at listening to all feelings, (laughs) but I, yeah, doing the course, it just opened my eyes to how much the busyness of life, I think just got in the way of being able to be with him in all of these emotions that just what, for example, a control that I wasn't aware of was he would ask for biscuits throughout the day. And I would, (laughs) I would go, you'd go, Becky, Becky. And I'd go, yes, 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 I'll get you a biscuit and then after doing the course I was aware that (laughs) be more in tune with him to watch and observe what he was doing and he was feeding the biscuits to the dog (laughs) so I was watching him and and then he'd come back he's like Becky Becky and it was so adamant that he wanted a biscuit and usually it was around cooking dinner like that real like time where it's just game on and you're trying to get through get dinner sorted and I'd be just feeding him biscuits that he was not eating it was just going to the dog so yeah we changed that and I I just remember one moment I said to him after doing your sleep course, I said to him, I'm not willing to give you a biscuit. And then he just lost it. I took him over. We sat down together and he went releasing his emotions for about 45 minutes. It was, and it was really hard. I must say to sit through it. It was really challenging. And yeah, afterwards though, like I was able to watch his whole body complete through that stress cycle and release it all. And he was just this different child afterwards it was incredible but the biggest thing I think from that was that he woke up once during the night that night and I was just like I could I was like Woo-hoo! and then I said to Matt like my husband oh my god like we have to do this well so then the next day I did the same thing again and I was really observing everything that he was doing so I could see where the controls were and then the next night he slept through the night and I was like yeah game on let's do this I'm all about aware parenting so I think I actually came to work the next day Erin and I were teaching circle of security and I was just like other blah 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 Uh, yeah all about this is what I've done and all of the women that were in the circle were yeah like curious I think to ask more questions and like wait what did you do so anyway that brought me back to then talking about it more in the unit when I was so we work teaching circle of security but we also work on the unit throughout the day and night with mums and there was one mum in particular that I started talking to her about aware parenting in my experience and she just said this is a language that really resonates with me and so we had this conversation and then I left and then her little bub started crying and was really really having a really good scream cry in her arms and she pressed the call bell and she came in she's like Kim I I don't know what's going on I'm really stressed out and I said okay let's just go through when was the last feed has he had a nappy change like what do you feel is going on she's like no he's been fed I know he's fed I've just changed his nappy everything's okay and I said yeah this is it like let's just be with like be with your little man through his crying and he just yeah had the biggest biggest cry and you could see though mum's shoulders and everything just dropped when we went through the list of everything being okay and then just to allow space for him to have this huge cry and I kid you not he looked over at me and gave me the biggest smile and then he went to sleep and (laughs) the mum was just like 
oh my goodness and then she said he's like melty baby <laughs> and he just relaxed in her arms and it was yeah it like for me I it brought tears to my eyes because I was just like this is incredible and it's just this language that's not spoken enough that you know we all try to fix our babies and stop them from crying like we see it happen over and over again within our unit that mums come in and the babies there's something wrong with them they keep crying all the time and if we can just have you know language that supports them to be with their baby through the crying it's game changing for their life and the bond and attachment that they create yeah it's really magical (laughs) oh my god I mean I've got tears in my eyes I feel so deeply touched hearing about that experience with that mum and just like I mean how life-changing for for both of them to have had that and the baby also like smiling over to you like oh "Oh, thank you like I'm getting to share my baby and as we've already shared beforehand like the melty baby I think I might like to borrow that because it just it's such a clear description isn't it for when a baby you've checked out all their needs and met already and listening to that big cry and then that clear evidence of how relaxed they feel in the bodies and then how that then eventually affects their sleep and it's it's so powerful isn't it I love what you bring in terms of that yeah that that kind of sigh of relief and also the evidence that you really saw that so clearly and that's what I love about aware parenting as you know I go on about is that for parents who do resonate to to try it out and then to get that evidence themselves and when you've experienced that it's just a full yes isn't it and I, I totally understand if people haven't ever experienced it it's like it just sounds kind of like really what is that really true just I mean don't do all that jiggling and rocking and all the things and just be present and listen and they come out the other side and they're really calm and relaxed and that helps them sleep as well yeah. it is just so profound isn't it so it is, it's actually really amazing when you look at it I with my daughter who's six, I picked her up and I said to her, this is what we used to do when you were a baby. We used to sit on a football with her and bounce her up and down because we didn't know how to be with her cries at all, which I wish we had have known about aware parenting back then. But she said to me, mom, why would you do that to me? <laughs> why couldn't you just listen to me? And I was like, oh yeah, of course. Like we just couldn't, we didn't know the language. We didn't know, you know, it hadn't been modeled. We'd never experienced it. So of course it's so I think it's so challenging for us to be able to then just read something and then do it. <laughs> yeah, but it was nice to hear her say that, like, Mum, why would you jiggle me up and rock me and pat me on the bum, like, all over? It's like, yeah, it sounds ridiculous, yes. doesn't it? it? sounds absolutely ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when you think about it like that, but it's, yeah. Yeah, but it's so conditioned into us, isn't it? And I know that for me with the first three months, even though I knew about aware parenting, you might, I'm sure you've heard me share that story. I was doing a lot of that on the football, the bouncing and bouncing. But now if I see someone doing that, I have so much compassion. Like, of course we are, because that's what we're taught to do. But I just feel really agitated now if I see that. Because I'm just like, no, it's just, it's not very relaxing, isn't it? Being bounced <laughs> up and down. Yeah. That's what I said. Why would you do that? I'm actually remembering years ago, a person I was working with many many years ago their child actually literally came and said you know I've got some feelings to tell you about like that you that you did all that kind of stuff to me like why didn't you just listen to my feelings why didn't you do that and I want to tell you about how angry I am that you didn't listen it's powerful isn't it thank you thank you wow Erin did you also want to add to any of that as well I think aware parenting for me like I said came into my knowledge from when my littlest was about three so I wish so much that I had known this when they were little little my eldest we struggled with sleep for so long he was about six months old we ended up kind of hitting the bottom and took ourselves off booked into sleep school and did a day session with some beautiful beautiful nurses and they were so lovely we felt loved and supported and held with them but the practices that they showed us didn't quite fit. Mm. So it wasn't until a lot later that we kind of worked that out. So we, we got home, we took the stuff that they told us to do, the standard stuff like, you know, put them to bed when they're sleepy but not asleep and <laughs> look for their tired signs and make sure they're only awake for this long and all of those pretty typical kind of things that we do with baby sleep. And when we, we got home and we continued that on for a while, but it just felt, didn't really feel much easier. And it, it took us a while to kind of learn to really trust our hearts and trust each other. And 
I think aware parenting back then might have helped us got there a bit quicker than what we did. Mm. Yeah, we, you know, all the padding, all the shushing, all the rocking, all of the schedules, all of the <laughs> static in the outside world. It gets a bit too much sometimes. It stops us from trusting our hearts and tuning into our babies. And I oh, think, yes. yeah. I actually want to just pause you there if that's if you're comfortable for me to, because I just really want to acknowledge, and I just my heart goes out to parents out there now. And I did a bit of research in terms of what's going on, and you talked about that static and how it really it's so prevalent, isn't it? It's the main thing that parents are offered in terms of sleep. And of course, that's the only thing that seems to be available. But I really had that part about how much it can get in the way of really listening to ourselves as parents and to what really resonates. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. I'd love if you'd be willing to continue, I'd love to hear more. So we, I guess we got lost in that static for a little bit and let all of that outside noise come in and try and try and change what was going on for us when in actual fact we realised that just tuning into our little boy and learning who he is was the most important thing to do. Yeah, and we see that on our unit all of the time and so many people in our friendship circle, so many people in the world that we live, we get told to move away from those instincts and to move away from listening to our heart and move away from what feels right and follow a script. You know, if we do this, this, this and this, then we will get this outcome because life is too busy and we don't have time. We don't have time and space because we're so distracted with so many other things going on. Mm. But that's where the magic is when we can just slow things down and stop a little bit and tune into our babies because that's the work that's going to set them up for a lifetime. This work of building bond and attachment and tuning into them it's learning a whole lot of strategies that actually transfer through across a lifetime rather than just the here and now, rather than just fixing what the challenge is now. It's actually helping us to realise that together within this relationship, we can work it out. No matter what's thrown with us, it, it will all come clear if we just learn to trust. Yes, 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 yes. Because it's like we often talk about that when you look at the shushing and the padding and what that looks like in that time and space for the phase that the baby's in in that particular time. It's like when we do do that, it's somewhat of a Band-Aid that gets put over the top. So when then the next phase that the the baby goes through and that the crying starts to happen again and, and what that looks like in toddlerhood even, that, you know, the shushing and padding and that rocking isn't going to be available there. So if you can learn a language that helps you to be with and connect with your baby through all stages of life, like when they hit their teens and they're going through really big emotions, if you have space to hold it from baby to then toddlerhood to then adolescent, I think that's game changing in life, like to have that connection with your children or your child. Like, yeah, that's really powerful. So it's, I think with aware parenting that it, has that you have that space to be able to create that and yes there will be times that will feel harder and you'll be triggered harder in moments but it's then having I guess a community as well to work through that support like get that support for when you do feel really triggered to then allow space for you to be with your child through all of their emotions and also acknowledging you will have emotions to release as well (laughs) I think that's been a huge part of my journey too that seeing a psychologist to help me release my feelings and looking at it from a holistic point of view that moving your body getting out in nature and trying all these different things to help move your emotions like we look yeah we focus so much on stopping it in children and then we see so many people needing to see a psychologist later on in life. It's like, well, if we all had the ability to be able to be with our babies in their emotions, then then maybe we might stop somewhat of this in needing to see someone to help express your emotions later on in life. Like, yeah, it's a big circle really, isn't it? It's such mm. a big circle, isn't it? And I, I remember making that choice for myself, being a psychotherapist and thinking, Uh, hey hang on actually I'd really like to focus on working with babies and then of course we all need support as mothers we live in a culture that has like zero support the kind of support that we really need so I love what you two are offering both in the unit and in your wider work as well it's just so essential isn't it for every single one of us to get that support and to know to really free us up from that cultural belief that there's something wrong with us for needing support I mean it's just so opposite of what's true (laughs) 
absolutely so so much yeah 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 and it's in I guess in all like parts of with babies too that we see huge challenges with feeding to within our unit yeah that breastfeeding I guess doesn't come naturally for a lot of women and then even with bottle feeding can be a really big challenge too I know I know I experienced that with my first the struggle with feeding her I couldn't breastfeed and I was pumping and then trying to feed her and then the bottle became challenging for her to be able to finish off a bottle which was then I remember just feeling like a complete failure as a mum like I can't even feed my own baby and that hopelessness and that spiral down that you go and I wish that I had have had the language of aware parenting because I think all she needed to do was have a big cry to be able to say, mum, you're putting so much pressure on me to finish this damn bottle, like let go and let me have some space to cry. But I didn't know that. And we see that like, mm. yeah, Domi Erin in our unit that I think time and time and time again. And, you know, but so many mums we see will have been to see their beautiful maternal child health nurses and they're plotted on their percentile graph and they go, oops, hang on a minute, this baby's not gaining enough weight. And that can be like the turning point mm. that really unravels from there. And as well-meaning as that information is, it can be really detrimental to the relationship then with mum and baby. We see mums come in who have been triple feeding, they've been trying to breastfeed, they've trying to express, and then they're offering top-ups and they're up all night trying to build their milk supply and it's just so so hard and of course it's so unsustainable they've got nothing left nothing left at all for themselves nothing left then for their baby in terms of that being able to support their baby through all of their emotions but even just to open the floodgates for love like that's they kind of like there's a big barrier there because there's just no capacity to be able to welcome all of the beautiful part of mothering in Mm -hmm. when there's so much external pressure going on. Yeah, that's right. And also when they're feeling like inadequate, I think, as a mother in that you don't have that ability to be able to, you know, just feed your baby, which you think just comes naturally and is so easy. And when you are you know, that barrier is placed. It just is this big disconnect, I think, within yourself. And also then you lose yourself in your own mind of that, like beating yourself up. Why can't I do this? Why am I not good enough? That then your baby, yes, is affected by that too, because you can't be present with them. And I think we just come in within like our workspace to be able to hold the mum and allow her to express all of these feelings that are about feeding and how hard it is to then, if we can hold space for them and allow them to release all of those emotions, it then allows a bit of space for them to hold for their baby to release as well. So it's just this big holding space (laughs) that we try to yeah allow to happen but we have seen amazing results from that in allowing mum to express and release and then it doesn't happen instantly It, it takes time but then to then they gradually with support allow space for their baby if it's spoken in a way that they can understand that there probably is a need for the baby to have a big cry around this pressure from having to finish a bottle or I know this is from my experience that my little bub straight after birth was grabbed from behind and forced onto my breast. And I think, you know, the delivery was a very long time process. She was probably very tender and being grabbed in such a brutal, harsh way. When you look back at it, you go, oh, that wouldn't have been very nice for you. So no wonder then that experience of trying to latch on would have been very uncomfortable. So there was probably a lot of feelings around that too, which I think we just don't in society look at that like there's a need for them to express. But if someone grabbed me by the neck and pushed me on something, I would feel awful about that and probably have a lot of big feelings. So it's like, why can't we transfer that into our babies having these, you know, they, of course, they're going to have huge feelings about the way that they came out into the world, but let alone then being grabbed and forced onto the nipple instead of it being a gradual process of allowing them to find the nipple. Yeah, I mean, that was six, seven years ago that that happened. But still, I you do, we definitely hear stories like that happening, which, yeah, it's just, 
yeah, feels hard in hearing those stories, but if we can create space for the mums to be able to feel held and then, yeah, it gives them the ability to then be able to see their baby through a different lens and hold space for the baby to have all of their feelings too. It, they just, this, like the bond, you can just see it happening. They don't feel like they have to fix their baby anymore. It just is, yeah, they're allowed to be with them through their everything and they're allowed to feel their everything, the mums. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. So beautiful. Oh, I feel, <laughs> I'm just full. My heart is full. What did you say, Erin? You said something about that the heart, the floodgates of the heart opening. Like I thought yeah. that's so beautiful. And you know what you're sharing, you know, I often like to think about that bigger cultural uh, evolutionary history as well, as you probably know. And when I think about what we really, the way I see we're designed to live in community where we would have all grown up seeing, seeing breastfeeding, seeing birth, being a part of that process, being supported, that's being the given. And what I love is what you're doing is really giving mothers that experience of having other mothers with them who have experienced what they are going through and who have the wisdom and the experience, but most of all that deep compassion to be able to listen to them and what they've gone through and to support them to come back into themselves and that the floodgates of their heart opening again with their babies and it's just so beautiful. I really deeply acknowledge what you're both doing. And I also wanted to say, Erin, I love the way that you name each care provider and all the honoring of everyone that we're all doing whatever we can do within this culture. And just, I think that's so beautiful as well to really acknowledge that we're all doing what we think is most helpful in any moment. And I think it's so important, isn't it, to have that deep compassion for all of us. We're mothers or we're people that are caring for mothers to really hold us all with lots of compassion that we live in this culture that actually makes these innate such vital things for the bonding of a mother and baby to happen. It makes that so hard, doesn't it? It's so hard. Uh, do, you, do you have anything else that you want to respond like other things you might have noticed uh, in terms of the mothers and babies in terms of that bonding in terms of the crying in terms of the sleep any of those things that you might want to share so many examples isn't there <laughs> yeah. but just maybe back to the feeding for a little bit I mean we've seen many times where perhaps the mum and baby they're struggling with the feeding and that's been a really big part of what's led them to come and seek help within the hospital. And we can, we see, like Kim said, first of all, if we can support mum to, to work through what's going on internally for her, then there's a bit more space for her to hold what's going on for baby. And with that space comes this ability to take a little step backwards and just take a breath and then to be able to see what baby's needs really are rather than following that script, mm -hmm. rather than you know, saying, well, it's been two hours and now I need to do this and now I need to do that. And if I don't do this, then this, this and this will happen, which then leads all of those negative thoughts to come spiralling in and make things even harder. But if we can support mum to take that little step backward, take a little breath, and then mums that have had capacity to do that on our unit and then be able to support their baby to have a big explosion of emotion before their feed, it is really incredible to see how well that baby feeds after a big old cry. Mm -hmm. They, You can see their whole body just relaxing and the resistance just disappears. And then mom can ease into it and she can continue supporting baby with love and together they're working through it rather than having this tension and resistance and fight that sometimes comes with it. Mm. Yeah. Ah, I love that. And I love that process that you share about. It's like you, first of all, supporting the mothers so that they can be, well, I'm hearing that unraveling of all the things they've told they should do or that might happen or, you know, that conditioning and that extra on the topness so that they can release that more and more, be more connected with themselves, have that spaciousness then to be able to really observe and really see their baby, see clearly, being able to listen to the feelings and then the huge difference after that release in terms of the feeding and how much more relaxed and enjoyable it is for both of them. And I really, really appreciate you naming that because I think particularly in the past, there's been this sometimes this belief, I think, that comes in from the outside that aware parenting is somehow not supportive of breastfeeding. And to me, I found the exact opposite in my experience and in working with mothers over nearly two decades is exactly the opposite, exactly as you 
share that it actually just often makes it even more wonderful because you know when a baby's really relaxed in their body because they're getting to express more of their feelings that feeling is so much more beautiful it's more relaxing for them they're more relaxed they feel connected with each other it's more enjoyable for the mama because she can relax too the baby isn't tent kind of coming on off and all of those things that can happen and it often means that mothers are willing to breastfeed for much longer because it's a really deeply connected present experience rather than perhaps maybe a bit of tension or I've heard often mothers say to me that sometimes they have the sense of almost being like a dummy to their baby and they can feel of course mothers can feel if the baby's kind of more dissociated rather than deeply connected so I really really appreciate you naming that that actually listening to feelings actually supports more wondrousness in the breastfeeding relationship yeah Yeah. And even so with like the breastfeeding, but also then, which also links into the sleep too, like we've had multiple mums that have been in our unit and have been breastfeeding, you know, so many times overnight, they're up, you know, six plus times breastfeeding. And it's like, they just are completely empty. Like they have no, nothing left in their tank, like their sleep tanks completely depleted. And then, you know, their ability to give just isn't there. And that takes a really long time to get that back up. But it's also if we can, yeah, I think we see it so often as well that the mums it takes either a few days or sometimes it's instantly that you hold space for them and they release these huge big cries and they're like, I just can't stop crying. I'm like, <laughs> yes, like we're so, this is amazing. We want you to be able to do that and to release all of those tears. And then with the breastfeeding too, or bottle feeding even, that you see sometimes when they don't, mums don't have that big cry, their shoulders just are up near their ears and there's this just so much tension and pressure on this feed and it's then allowing space for them to release their emotions everything drops inside them that then they have create this safe place for their baby to feed from and then yeah it just works so beautifully but also then again with sleep which is I think majority of the mums that do come into our unit are so sleep deprived and when you're sleep deprived it's hard to think what you need to do where you need to be and let alone then following some sleep plan (laughs) it's just like you know (laughs) yeah it's very very challenging so I think that we see, yeah, holding space for the mums and allowing them to actually connect in with themselves to then connect in with bubs. It just, yeah, it's just game changing to then have a language around that that makes so much sense. And yeah, we do, there are times we do see that, like I think Marion, you said before that it's a language that for some it's like this is so foreign that it sounds you sound cuckoo (laughs) it's like I'm not ready for this yet and then we sort of just talk about it a little bit more and you know give examples and and then allow them space to sit with that and then I think eventually we end up having a lot of mums come in. Can I just ask you one more question about this? <laughs> I'm like, yes, bring it to us. Ask as much as you want. So that curiosity then feeds into allowing, I guess, the more we do holding space for the mums, then they become more curious. And then it allows them to be curious as to the behavior of their child and what they're doing and what their baby's doing to then be able to go, ooh, yeah, I am maybe stopping them from crying a bit with the dummy or the padding or the what would happen if I did listen? And we use this analogy of dipping the toe into the big pool of emotions. So we say, just dip your big toe into the pool of emotions and just see how it feels. Take it back out again. We're here holding you so you don't fall in and drown. (laughs) But then it's like, just, yeah, go edge your way in. And then eventually, yeah, for for some some of the mums that speak you know, that aware parenting language just comes really quickly and naturally to them that they end up fully in the swimming pool, swimming around in the emotions by the end of it. And they, yeah, so yeah, willing to talk about, you know, what is this aware parenting buying um, your book, yours and Lael's book. And they, yeah, we recommend the podcast to majority of the mums that do come into our unit just to start hearing it a bit more. So when it comes from, I think, yeah, like not only us, but then having it something else to reassure them that what, you know, listening to the cries is actually a really normal behavior that we should all be doing really probably, but it just feels when you're actually doing it, is this right? <laughs> or am I creating more stress within my baby? I think that's a really big question that we get asked a lot, like with the higher cortisol levels, but when they cry, there's high cortisol. And 
looking at that from a different lens. So I think it's just so important that we know that we're holding space for the baby. So we're holding them while they're crying. We're not walking out of the room while they're crying and their cortisol levels are going up, but they're not being held. So it's like, you know, for us, you try and use that language that makes sense to them. You know, if you were crying and I was just to walk away or dismiss you, what would that feel like for you? And yes, it would probably create a lot of stress. So it's just kind of, I guess, yeah, finding a language that then resonates with them to then make it normal for them to be with their baby through the crying and that yeah yeah I think for me and with my boys when they were babies that would have been the biggest most game-changing bit would to be to realize that that we need to support them like right down in the depths like right all the way through these big huge emotions Mm -hmm. because I think most of us can do that for a bit and then there's this little switch in our brain that goes okay that's enough that's enough now or this or this is getting too hard and I'm drowning in this so (laughs) eject done but I think once we know that that in actual fact our babies our toddlers our teenagers our everybody (laughs) needs to go all the way down deep through the emotion to be able to move up through the other side and to not then carry that on through the rest of the day and the rest of life (laughs) that's the game-changing bit so I think so much love goes out to the mums mums that we work with and perhaps mums that are listening who find it so so hard to listen to baby or their toddlers crying because it, it is so so hard and I guess we would just say that like just give it a go just give it a go a couple of times just see if you can sit with it have someone with you to support you yeah, to do support. that and and just see what happens because we certainly have seen that time and time again with the mums and babies we work with, that supporting mum to, to allow her baby to move through all of that emotion, release it, sleep turns out so much mm. better, so much easier, feeding turns out easier, relationship and bonding and and that deep connection just comes so much more naturally mm. and, I mean, yeah. And then, yeah, and then the ability to play, I think that's another really big thing too, that I don't know that a lot of us, it comes naturally. I know for me, it definitely didn't. I was, I think, you know, our, we've got a beautiful circle of women that we work with and they would talk about play a lot. And I was always so like, wow, what? Like, you know, how do you do this? What does it look like? And then talking to a lot of the mums on the unit too, they're like, I don't really feel like it comes naturally to me. I don't know what to do. What does play look like? And when you start, I guess, allowing the ability to release all of your stress and drop your shoulders down, take a big, deep breath, play then comes naturally to you. But if you don't have that, like if you have so much pressure and tension and everything held up inside, then it's like a robot, like a tin man trying to do a dance. (laughs) It just doesn't really happen very easily. So it's, I mean, well, some people are great at doing the robot, don't get me wrong, (laughs) but it's more that you want it to be like free flowy. And um, yeah, when you release that tension from your own body, then it, it just, I feel the play does definitely comes naturally but I guess again that's through support and through modeling like what does that look like and a lot of people go oh babies are little blobs that don't need you know that and that's so not what it is like they have so many emotions they're born with emotions and they're born with that want and desire to connect with their caregiver so allowing that play to happen through the eyes when they're so tiny and have that connection and yeah it just yeah it just feels so nice when that happens, when we see that happening with the mums and their natural ability to be with their baby through all of their emotions, but then having fun and singing and playing. And it just, yeah, it's so nice to watch it. It's just magic how we can see it unfold. Um, but I think it's support. Yeah, it's to- totally around support. Like it's everything. I think that, like you said, Marion, we've lost you know, our tribe around us supporting us, modelling what it looks like to be with, to to play, to breastfeed, to do everything. And we, you know, find so many mums. And I know for myself and Erin, we've, you know, spoken about this over again, that it felt like you had to do it on your own. Like if you did, if you couldn't do it on your own, you were failing. And it's like, that's not what it is about. It's about having a tribe around you and really trying to gain as much support as you can. And if you feel like it doesn't feel right for you, then it's like, okay, I need support there and you know who can I get that support from that's going to help me get through that part that doesn't feel very good at the moment 
Yeah, I love all of that. Every every single topic, each of you are saying, oh, yes, I want to say something about that and that. And, but what I really would love to say most of all is that what I see you doing, and yes, these are the mothers who have come, who have clearly come to the point where they know they need support, but all mothers need support. And what I see you really modeling in a way is how wonderful wouldn't it be to come back to that? Actually, this is for all mothers. All mothers have other women to to have support anytime to share their feelings to have a big cry to say how do I do this and what did you do and can you be with me to give me some ideas about how to play with my baby and can you be with me whilst I listen to my baby's feelings I mean these are all just innate things that every mother I believe needs that we all need and so I love what you're bringing in here and I would love for us to live in a world where this is just every mother receives if she of course if she wants to it's not foisted on everybody like you have to have support so we're coming a bit like what you were sharing it's like it's not one of those foisted on things but any mother who wants it there's just this abundance of support guidance information listening compassion empathy reassurance I mean it's just so necessary and wouldn't we live in a really different world if every mother receive that you know I can feel that in my own body too that the dropping of the shoulders the relaxing in the being able to be with and I recorded an episode yesterday of the podcast with Claire Louise Bromley and she was talking about in our heritage we would have had 30 or 40 people at least to be with so even if it's a breastfeeding mother for example or maybe a breastfeeding co-sleeping mother even still the mother or maybe there's a dad or another partner there involved but so much of that vigilance that we're needing to hold imagine if we had 30 or 40 other people all caring for us caring for the babies caring for the children that's what I'm all about bringing back that kind of a community for all mothers so that what you're doing becomes the norm for all mothers to receive perhaps what we do in terms of being working in a hospital setting would become obsolete like wouldn't that just be the best yeah, because yeah, because we're Cause all it just around. wouldn't be needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. it would just be a give, everyone received it. I mean, you would be part of that, obviously, because you're giving. But it'd be in in the community. Everybody gets there. Like that's just how our community works. Again, I'm so up for really transforming our whole culture, so that that's how things are for mothers and babies and families, dads, other partners, all to start that have that as a start off for life. Yeah, what a different world it would be. What a different world, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I love the other thing everything that you've both said I've loved I also really loved the dipping the toe in invitation and also that for every mother being different in terms of what resonates and how much we're all so different I mean so unique in terms of how we come to our parenting and I love what you said some people are just like yeah diving in yeah I'm in I'm swimming around and other people a bit yeah. like, and, and, and what was that thing again I just I just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I joking before and saying how we were talking about that analogy and then Erin was like yeah like everyone has a different size toe <laughs> Or a different size foot and I was like yes that is so true we all do have different size feet like, so some people that will just come naturally they'll dip their whole big toe in <laughs> and others it's only a pinky or they're just their toenail <laughs> but it's yeah yeah we definitely see that and I think that's probably with us too like I thought I was really listening to all of the feelings and I was like yeah you know I got this and then it actually came to your like presented I guess with something's going on with your with your baby and you're like oh this doesn't feel right and then it's like oh okay I just need to go a little bit deeper within myself to actually be like I'm not holding space for all your emotions right now Mm -hmm. and I mean that's okay like we see that time and time again like the capacity is not going to be there like it would be yeah I think I've heard you talk about a few times that to listen to all of your baby's feelings would be a really hard task (laughs) that we may see that in generations to come of a you know of a way of parenting but for now it's like you know you have to tune into yourself and what you feel your capacity is to be able to be with and sometimes like I've come to work and said I didn't have capacity and I know I'm going to need to listen to that later (laughs) but it was like I got to get to work you know I've got to do this we have to do that and it's like this push 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 that unfortunately sometimes it feels in society that push and that like hustle is so strong to get through and then but I think it's just even that awareness that okay yeah you had big feelings then and I'm sorry I wasn't able to be there right then but I know that I'm going to come home you know from work later and it's going to be presented again you're going to show me and I know I'm going to then you know have that space to be able to take a big breath and try and listen to as much of your feelings as I can but yeah that's it yeah what do what 
what you can when you can. Yes. Yeah. And and go gently, right? Mm. Because yeah, go gently. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's so essential, isn't it? Like I just think it's amazing for anybody to ever listen to their baby's feelings when they're crying in arms checking that all their needs are met given that the majority of us have never ever experienced that even once possibly even as children some people not even as adults until they get we can get support like it's phenomenally amazing and I just think for everybody it's always a journey isn't it and there'll be times in our lives where we're more stressed times in our lives where we have more support and we have more capacity and I think that compassion that you both bring is so essential isn't it like it's amazing to do any listening to our babies or child's feelings isn't it that's going to be life-changing and there's always an invitation to what might I need as a mother I know we're really focusing on mothers here to what feelings do I have what more support do I need so that I can be with more of their feelings that's a loving invitation isn't it but never a you should be you should be getting more support again you know it's not that it's like yeah yeah so beautiful I just noticed you so I'm, yeah, I'm wondering in terms since this is we're still in the sleep series is there anything specifically that you have noticed in relation to sleep both with your own children but also in the mothers and babies on the unit I think when when we support the mums to be able to connect in with their babies that we find that they're like it takes away that, you know, having to follow a schedule so much. I think that if they have obviously some awareness of the last feed that the baby had and, um, but to be able to, you know, that I feel like they become in sync with one another, like, and that when they, you know, that they start to have a big cry or they start to get, this is what would have been the, what was said, oh, quick, get them into bed. Like they're having a cry. We need to stop this and then put them down in the cot quick, quick, quick. Like, you know, oh, we've missed the window. <laughs> but actually, in fact, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you are relaxed enough to be able to bring all of your feelings to me right now. And then I am going to be able to listen to that. And then it's rela- like more relaxing. It's not like this, oh, quick, you know, we've got to move quickly because we've already missed it. And now they're crying. That means we've done something wrong. It's like, oh yeah, you've got some big feelings and you're going to release them now, which probably is a sign that you are getting tired. And then I'm going to listen to that. And then actually watching them have decent sleeps <laughs> without mm-hmm. it. You know, that I think catnapping is something that a lot of mums are like, oh, my baby just catnaps. And there's something wrong with them. And it's actually, okay, let's look a bit more into that. And then when we hold space for the mum and then they, or I feel it's automatic that they will then be like, oh, okay, like then we start listening to the baby's cries and then they start to have these decent sleeps and it's that catnapping kind of goes out the window. Yeah, well, because they're not waking up with all of crying because <laughs> they didn't get to do that before. Yeah, right. I think, yeah, I think if we can just take away, if, if all we can do is shift our thinking from the crying is something we need to fix mm-hmm. to the crying is something that we need to support, then that in itself just opens. It creates so much of an opening because we have so much more capacity then to tune into what it is that our baby needs mm. rather than stopping that floodgate, stopping those tears from coming because mm. it really does feel uncomfortable for most of us. But knowing that it's completely natural and normal and needed mm. can be really reassuring and can then change the whole trajectory of that relationship. Yeah, if we can simply just move from fixing to supporting and taking taking away any kind of sometimes the thoughts might drop into like often I'm not good enough. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with my baby? What I really hear too is like the thoughts are basically what I'm hearing is that rather than either something wrong with my baby that they're crying or there's something wrong with me because I'm not able to stop them from crying to actually there's nothing wrong with your baby this is the most normal natural healthy thing that they're doing to actually release stress and trauma and and that's going to help them feel more calm and that's going to help them feed more restfully and sleep more and also that there's nothing wrong with you for the fact that they wake up that's again it's like there's nothing wrong I mean of course there's there are sometimes things that are happening 
physiologically, but in general, this sense of without those, I call the emotional six, there's nothing wrong with you, babe, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. What a relief that brings, doesn't it, in the relationship? It's like, oh, then we can be together and we can, and I can work this out and we can yeah. be in this dance together. It's a completely different experience. Isn't it? Yeah. And if, like, of course, you're in the pickle that you're in right now because you live in the world, we all live in the mm-hmm. same world. Like you talk about marrying the domination culture, like, we, of course we end up at this point when we don't have the support and we don't have all of this, you know, ancient wisdom that's handed down and passed to us. Like, of course we do. Of course we end up this way. Of course we end up stuck in our heads, spiralling into negative thought patterns. Mm. Of course we do. Yeah. And I think as well a lead into just like a a language that maybe resonates with a lot of the mums around sleep is that like I would say to them, how do you find when you've just had like a big argument with your partner or you've had a really crappy day, how do you find you sleep at night? And they're like, oh, so shit, <laughs> really not good. And it's like, why do you think that? And they're like, because I've got like all these, you know, so much going on in my head or, you know, that, and it's like, yeah, well, well, do you think your babies might find that they sometimes have a lot going on in their head too? And maybe they just need to have, you know, a big release or we'll say, I'll say to mums, what do you, how do you wind down over nighttime when you have a good sleep? And they'll say quite often, like it's connection, connecting with their partner, having, you know, a debrief of what the day is or what is on their chest and allowing them to release that. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, for some reason in our society, we just don't hold the same thoughts, like space for our babies to be able to release that. And if we could think that when our baby's crying, like, you know, even talking them through it, like, yeah, okay, you've got some really big feelings. I hear you. I can, I can feel that. Yeah. It's been a really tough day. I've had to, you know, go to work or I've had to have an appointment that I've been separated from you or, you know, we went in the car for a really long time, you know, whatever it might be, but being able to talk them through that and say, yeah, this is, this is really hard. And I I completely hear you. And you've got a lot to tell me. I find that just eases them into changing that lens instead of stopping them from crying and that there's something wrong with it it's actually like yes this is a safe place for you to be able to release all of your emotions just like I need to as well (laughs) yeah yeah I love that you do that that's one of my things I love too as well because whenever we put ourselves in our baby's shoes I mean of course there's so many differences but we are so similar on those basic levels aren't we and I just Mm. think it makes so much difference one of my favorite kind of exercises I used to do in in person workshops with either pregnant women or mothers and babies is what I would get ask them to go into pairs and then one of the mothers or mothers to be shows about something that's relatively stressful for them recently and then I asked the other one to do all the things that we do to babies and the patting and the shushing and the do you want a drink hang on oh, what about this lovely toy <laughs> and just like and to really see how the mother that's trying to express her feelings feels and again they're often ways into really just put ourselves into the, the shoes of our baby into what might they be experiencing and I think it just can transform everything for us as parents to go oh okay they're real sentient human beings who have yes. really <laughs> similar experiences to us only much bigger and, and yes. more intense because they're tiny babies and they making sense of the world and they don't have concepts all of the things you know it's it's so profound isn't it that they're putting ourselves in their shoes and another thing I'd love to come back to is what you're saying about that that paradigm and again because I've been diving deep writing this book about that whole sense of overtired which we don't have in aware parenting and what you're saying about if there is a belief that there's a thing called overtired and babies are moving into that when they're starting to cry and arch their back and flail around so that's that means there's something wrong and we need to exactly say you know desperately try to do something to quickly get them to go to sleep so they're not feeling they're not in that anymore so actually there isn't no such thing as overtired and they're just doing what they need to do and that beautiful relaxation you talked about I think just having these conceptual differences just changes everything doesn't it takes the pressure off definitely off yeah and imagine you know when you think about it how often that like on these sleep schedules that the babies needs to be asleep how often that is throughout a day that pressure on the mum to then you know and then their baby sleeps for like 20 minutes or something they're like oh my god I've got to do that again in like however long or what am I going to do with the baby now in this awake window is so you know it's so long now and you know and then it's just like this yeah it just I feel like it creates so much more stress within the mum and yeah if you could just yeah 
like step back a few steps and be able to look inward from, you know, that space of like, it is okay to cry. And I think that that's really at the, the bottom line is it's okay for a baby to cry and have emotions. And yeah, it, it stops that pressure, I think, on parents to have to feel like they have to their baby has to be happy all of the time because when you think about that like if that pressure was put on a mum to be happy all the time that's incredibly overwhelming to feel like you have to present as happy all the time so imagine then for a baby you're trying to push them into this happiness when there's no space to be held for them to have big cries or just to be you know themselves yeah just to be Mm. yeah it's the most wonderful thing, isn't it? It's I loved what you said about that bigger picture, and even like including about the play as well, like all feelings, like for all of us. And I think that would be also one of the biggest things that we could bring about changing the world. It, imagine if every human being just knew in themselves: number one, there's nothing wrong with them, and number two, that all of their feelings are work. I talk about in my Marion method work. It's like oh, we could all just breathe sigh, a sigh of relief. <laughs> we would live again. We'd live in a completely Please, different world. Just, yeah. 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 The, the, the exhale on the planet would be so huge wouldn't it? <laughs> oh okay and actually I'm just gonna go and have a nap now because yeah, I've had my nap for three years <laughs> <laughs> because there are 30 or 40 yeah. other people we're taking care of my children or, you know, yeah. <laughs> doing the work and doing the cooking doing the cleaning and earning the money and all the things like yeah uh, yes. yeah 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 <laughs> a lot of stress in the world and I think it just yeah we definitely don't need so much stress on us and with our babies it's just you know it, it it's really foreign I think where if you've never had a baby before you've never been around little babies it's like wow it's such a a huge change in in yourself like we talk about matrescence often and it, and it is like it's just huge and you think oh for then that added pressure of you know having a baby that is happy all the time like and if a baby cries and then the labeling that does happen around that too and I and we we see that very often that you know this baby's a really unsettled baby and you know they're crying all the time and you know like it's if they're we, difficult they're challenging they're this, they're that, they're, they they do, they get labelled, don't they? Very much so. So much more interesting than so much more anyone yeah. label we could give to and them. And also it's just looking at their backstory too, like how how was the mum through pregnancy? You know, what did the birth, like what was the birth like? And then going, yeah, no wonder this baby has got a lot to tell us. Like they're going to be crying for a really long periods of time to release all of that cortisol that's been built up in their body through that pregnancy, through the birth. And But, but where's mum? How is she? you know she's the one that's had all of this you know cortisol building up in her body and is there holding space for that and yeah again I think birth trauma is a big one that we see quite often um, within the unit that holds like I think a lot of women back from their own sleep and also then obviously with their baby too Um, so that's a big Mm. thing to work through and and to have a language around supporting the mums within that birth trauma and also holding space for them that their baby probably does have a lot to tell um, in their experience too and that will be through mm. crying yes. of releasing that too yes I'm thinking as well like that are they a good baby or they're a bad sleeper all of that yes. labeling rather than exactly I love how, what you're expressing yeah that what was the pregnancy like how was their time in utero what was the birth like what happened after the and that deep compassionate listening deepening into the, what the mother and baby have experienced rather than labeling this culture isn't it the ddc is all about are they good or bad and are we good or bad and it doesn't help anybody in any way shape or form so ah so many beautiful sighs so i'd love to go can you think of anything else that you're like we could just talk forever i'm loving this so much (laughs) so (laughs) wait i just have a sense oh my gosh i would love to do more with you something i have a sense that we something that we could do together but yeah what else is there anything else that you haven't had the chance to speak or what you would love to say to to any mum who's listening particularly maybe if they are newer to aware parenting or they are experiencing what you're talking about here and that the baby is being called unsettled or they have there has been a traumatic birth or any of those things yeah I think probably I'd like to say to to mums or dads whoever's listening out there that like we said before, that if like if this is new to you, this whole stuff about listening to feelings and even just the fact that babies are born with a whole lot of emotions, if, if that's new, which it is to, to so many of us, um, 
just go go really really gently mm. um and like Kim said before just dip a little toe in just dip one toe in and see how it feels if it's too much then just take a step back and just do what you can when you can mm. yeah and step yeah. back into support, I think, is probably a really big thing. Mm. Stepping back, sometimes our heads can take us in a place that doesn't feel good. But if you can step back into support, I feel like then it captures all of that, what your brain sometimes does and takes you down that really bumpy, not very road, <laughs> nice road. Mm. And you end up at a roundabout going round and round and round <laughs> in it. And it's not taking you anywhere pleasant. It's like you need to step back into support. And I think that, yeah, support is everything in, mm. in parenting, in life. <laughs> really it's support 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 as much as possible Mm. absolutely yeah yes oh my gosh yes 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 yeah anything else I think it's really really important to just take a step back and particularly if something's not feeling right if if somebody's told you something and you're trying to achieve that or you know there's 20 different things going on in your mind and you you're kind of racing around not not trying to can't find what it is that that actually works if it's not right if it doesn't feel right within you if you feel resistance towards that then trust that and sit with that and trust it some more and know that there are other options out there yeah oh I love that I so resonate I think it's one of the most important things in parenting isn't it to really because there is so much information out there to be every step that way and I include that with aware parenting every single time like please for every person to listen in does this resonate with you and I love how you're really naming that if it doesn't stop there will be something there will be something that does resonate to not just kind of put up with it and think oh I just have to do this there will always be something that does resonate Mm. yeah and finding that right support for you yeah and what that looks like Mm. yeah which is again so different isn't it we're all we're all so different in terms of what what the most helpful support is and yeah again to keep going if there if it isn't happening yet to keep looking keep searching seek it out seek it out <laughs> yeah yes. oh anything else <laughs> we could go on for days i know Oh my gosh, I have loved talking with you both so much and I just want to keep talking for hours with you. <laughs> but in terms of the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> it's been amazing. Oh, thank you, thank you. So in terms of people wanting to find out more about what you do, you do do work outside the, the unit. So if, if people want to find you, and of course I will put this in the show notes as well, but if people want to find you and if they want to see what else you're doing in terms of your offerings, what, where can they find you and what are you doing? We're, we're so passionate about this that we've, we're just embarking on offering support out in the wider community. So there's a few things that we're, we're offering. The first one is a dad circle of security group. So in May, we'll start towards the end of May. It's a four-week program that we're running via Zoom to, to support dads to have a space to, to chat and to kind of back up what mum's the information that mums are getting. Dads often don't get that opportunity and sort of helping mum and dad get on the same page with parenting and life, really. Oh, it's so missing often, isn't it, the support for dads? So I love that you're doing that. Yum. Yeah. Our second offering um, is coming out in June. We're doing a one-day workshop called Nourishing Motherhood. We've teamed up with some fabulous colleagues, Lisa, who's a family therapist, and Felicity, who's a mindfulness and healing practitioner, and for one day, we aim to support mums or nurture mums, restore mums, help them centre, help them kind of ground themselves. And then lastly, we're really excited to come June to be able to offer one-on-one support for mums and families out there. So stay tuned. You can find us on Instagram at when.held. Drop us a message if you like, and all of our new offerings coming out will be through there. Oh my gosh, I can imagine there's going to be people like straight away and go, <laughs> when held, okay. And I love that, when.held. What a gorgeous name that you've come up with. I think that's so beautiful. And really, I really want to acknowledge you both. And I'm probably going to cry when I do it but to really say thank you for being with the mothers in these ways that you are. I just think it's such important and sacred work and so 
needed in the world. So thank you for doing what you do every day and making such a huge difference to those mothers and to those babies and to those families and the ripple effects that go out into the world. I really deeply acknowledge and honour you both for what you're doing. Thank oh, you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm crying. <laughs> we can all cry together because we all need <laughs> Talking about releasing our yeah. emotions. <laughs> Thank you so oh. much, Mary. We are just so passionate about what we, yeah, this, yeah, it's just, it doesn't feel like work because it just, yeah, it just mm. feels, yeah, so needed and so right and it just kind of comes out of our mouths in a way that it just feels like all we want to do is hold mums and space for them and their babies and families. It just, yeah, feels really, yeah, feels amazing actually. feels really mm. lucky to be in the space mm. that we are and for it not to feel like work. It just feels really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Did you want to say anything, Erin? Just thank you, Marion. Oh. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. 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 And isn't it so beautiful, like the ripple effects that each of us do what we're called to do in where parents, but in this work and supporting mothers and, and, you know, that that then supports others. And I can imagine all the the mothers that come to you and then they share about it with their friends. And it's so beautiful how I remember when Lana, my daughter, she was four and she wrote this little thing, the love can spread. And I cry about that because, you know, it's like that beautiful opening of the gates of love and sharing more love and more listening and more compassion and how that really does. It does have this ripple on effect and it's so profoundly powerful. So thank you for what you're both doing. I have a sense that this is not the last time that we're going to be (laughs) connecting and conversing and doing things. So just a big, big thank you to both of you. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. and so much love to all the listeners I imagine this was deeply moving as moving as I found it I imagine it's so deeply moving so so much love to all the listeners and if you want to come and share on social media if you want to share your responses and so here to listen and big love to all of us (laughs) thank you thank you